healing, self-care, mental health, laugh, joy, women, real black girl shit, to be whole is to be healed, black girl joy, healing journey, black woman be whole. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Black Woman Behold podcast with your host, Anisha Kim Marquia, and we are Black women working on being whole. What's up, y'all? Beauty. Woohoo. All right, y'all. We on episode 10, season three. And we also have a special guest today. So I'm super excited about that. But Me again, too. before we get into all that, you know, I got to check in with my girls. So, ladies, what are y'all working on this week? Kim, we're going to start with you, girl. What you working on? Um, I am actually working on getting my digital life still together. And when I tell you I am 80% done, I am super excited. I have been able to organize all my things, my files, my finances. I am over the moon. I have not done a deep clean digitally in I think ever. So I'm just excited to be finishing this project um, because I'm getting more clear about like things that I've I've been neglecting through this process as well. But also nostalgia things like, oh, look at me when I was 20 something. Look at all my family. So I've been able to share memories with people and just keep it moving. So very excited to be set up. No, it was bad. Turn the video off. Maybe turn the video off. It was bad. It was bad. It was. Bad. It wasn't bad. It was good, and then it got choppy. Now you do the editing, so you may be able to salvage it. But I don't we, heard, we heard all your digital stuff, like we yeah. heard your finances and all of that. We heard you we were over like the some, moon. We heard yeah, some twenty something stuff. But yeah. I think that end part was some family stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. didn't get that. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So let me just do two. Okay, five, four, Damn, three. Dog, you got God already. One. Uh-huh. I was able to, you know, send some photos and things to my family. So I'm super excited. I love it. What am I working on? Okay. So my parents are getting old. All of my parents are getting old. But my mom, um, I've decided that I really want to interview her. Now, I know a lot about her life because I've always been very curious about my parents and their life. But I really want to ask her like all the questions I want to get her on video and I really want to have someone put it together. Um, I was in therapy the other day and I was like, I think I want to know more. I understand my mother and her life to help me understand me and my life a little bit. So I'm super excited about working on that project, asking her about motherhood. She does have seven kids. So I'm really interested, like why you have so many kids? Why you gave my daddy five? Like, it's, I'm just so interested in all the things. So um, I am working on, yeah, interviewing my mom. What about you, Marquia? What you working on? Making it through this week. <laughs> that's it. That's, that the, that's the post. <laughs> she just be real simple with it. Like, it that's was, it. That's all I got for week. y'all. This is all I have this week. And I don't care to elaborate. Um, But I'm just trying to make it out alive. So <laughs> here's hoping. <laughs> all right i ain't mad at you <laughs> all right y'all so interesting fact because for some reason i'm finding all these interesting facts these days right august is happiness happens month i ain't never heard of that before in my life but i found it so we're going to talk about it it's a month to celebrate all of i'm gonna run that back yeah mm-hmm. okay Interesting fact. Y'all know I always come up with these facts all these months and what they represent. So August is Happiness Happens Month, which is a month to celebrate all of life's joys and to really focus on the positive aspects of our life. So I have a couple questions for you guys before we get into our podcast. What is currently bringing you joy that you could celebrate? And what would you consider to be a positive aspect of your life today? Marquia, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> okay, not the best day to do this shit. Um, all right. Go back uh, to what we read. <laughs> like, girl. <laughs> I thought I was going to talk about aliens. 
<laughs> right. Why are we out here switching shit up all of a sudden? <laughs> Kim had Kim had an interesting fact. See, she was excited and you took it out. Look at you. Um, hmm. What is currently bringing me joy? Um, the fact that I'm about to eat after we hang up off of this call today. Full transparency. Okay. Your girl's Nourishment. hungry. Nourishment. I missed food I'm today. Actually. It's been a really hectic day and I realized I did not eat. So my stomach is in here like, can we please have food? Um, positive aspect of my life today. Um, let's see. I'm planning my next networking event, so yay for that. The first right, one was girl. exciting right. and successful. We love to see, you know, black folks, niggas, you know, whatever, kicking it and like Ooh. doing, you know, what? important stuff. Like my thing is this: like I like I was I was really excited that I had a black and brown aka nigga focus networking event that folks were able to build community and like talk about their struggles as black and brown people and just like have a safe space so i'm pro building nigga centric black centric brown centric events i am because i want because also it was fun y'all know me like if you know me in real life i don't like anything to be too serious we can get the work done but like i'm also gonna laugh i am gonna laugh and I enjoyed that people were able to do that. So the fact that I get to do it again with Ben, who is my partner in crime, that is a white man. He can't say that. Um, but he was lovely. And I'm looking forward to this next one. Go me. Go, Kim. Your turn. I love right. it. I love I it. I like that. <laughs> um, I think, you know, what's currently bringing me joy is summer. Like I've been getting outside. I've been doing fun stuff been outside. I have been enjoying like my moment. Like I couldn't do this last year, really. And it feels very different. Like I'm finding all the things to do and they are free. I promise you. That is what Kim is. That is what I'm she's doing. I'm going. I'm going. Except for when she had me outside lying and me walking all over Harlem. But that's another story for another day. Oh, that's a, ooh, goodness. I love walking. I have my little spots. You know, I go make my rounds. They get excited. But she lied. Too. She lied the whole time, Anisha. She told me it's right there. And then we were still walking for like 20 minutes. Ah, it listed. It worked. That's it what happened. New York City people always say. It's, it's right, right there. there. You don't see it? I'm like, no, I don't. Awesome. Actually. <laughs> and I got to tell y'all, I love being out in that 4 a.m. I fucking love it. Don't stop me. Let me keep doing it. I love walking home at 4 a.m. Like, oh, I had a long day and a long night. And I'm excited about what I did. It's so, her favorite. Yes. And I'm leaning into that. Like, that's my story. That's what's bringing me joy. I do those things. And I got the energy, energy and stamina to do it. Yes. That part. <laughs> And okay. and um, I think I consider a positive aspect of my life today. Um, what does that even mean? Let me think. <laughs> I don't know what it means. Just um, out here, I know, I know. Yeah. We rolling with it though. We roll. Well, you know what? No, okay. I think that um, I was thinking about this the other day about myself. Right, like I'm a really creative person, and as long as like I have ideas, I'm always going to be like out there doing things seeking things out I've come up with an idea every day about something and I write it down in a book because I never I don't know it could come true one day or somebody might ask me about it and then they could they could pay me to do it but I think it's like I'm a really creative person like I come up with ideas all the time I think that's a positive aspect about my life today okay girl um what is currently bringing me joy that I can celebrate oh I've been consistently going to physical therapy and working out with my trainer. And now um, my knee pain has lessened. I can walk much better. I am working out consistently. The knee is not kneeing all day. I am not in pain Woo-hoo! all the time. Listen, celebrate, a, celebrate. A girl was scared. She was like, who's she going to be at 50 if she don't get this knee together? So yes, I can celebrate that. That is currently bringing me joy. A positive aspect of my life today is I think that I have been much more thoughtful about how I talk to myself, that self-talk that I do. Um, I think I have been more positive around the self-talk. I've been giving myself more grace. I've been more compassionate because I generally have a lot of things going on. And so um, I'm allowing myself to just be tired maybe and just rest when I do have a lot of things going on and that I'm not a bad person. And I'm not a superwoman and I can't do it all sometimes. 
But if I do my best, that is good enough. So I think a positive aspect is that um, I'm just talking to myself much differently. I love that. They say if you do it to yourself, you do it to others, you know. It's like I got a DMX voice that be talking to me. I'd be like, oh, uh, uh," that'd be a little bit much. (laughs) If you can see Marquia's face right now. (laughs) I was getting ready to say that. (laughs) I love it. It'd be real rough. Okay, so I did not ask that other question I always ask. I just switched it up today. So I think that we're just going to get into our guests. Bring back so, the other question. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> all right. So next month, I will not be talking about such and such awareness month. All right. We'll just bring uh, the other one back cool. too. That one was fine. It was, it was, it was. Less okay. Can I just say, can I just say y'all, they hate it. Every time I heard something about it, when you take things away, you see how people act. Mm. Today, I didn't well, when you bring- I hate it. Right, because that's you bringing in other things. Like, girl, did you take a temperature check? I'm always introducing (laughs) more and more things. (laughs) Goodness. Okay, so let's get into our guest. Let me go ahead and introduce her. So I would like to introduce Katara McCarty. Katara is a sought-after coach, author, speaker, and podcast host, as well as the founder and CEO of Katesha Corp., a technology startup, dedicated to expanding access to health and well-being for Black women. She is also the founder of Katesha Cares Foundation, a nonprofit committed to systematic change that prioritizes and ensures culturally responsive care for Black women's mental and emotional health. Katara is committed to amplifying the richness of Black women in their stories while advocating for and providing well-being resources through her app, Exhale. We are so excited because Katara's work is in alignment with ours, and we are, um, we're just so happy to have her on the show, get to know her, learn more about the report, the Excel app. So welcome, Katara. Awesome. It's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. We were hyping it up, listening to music. I know this is going to be a good time. Hey, hey Katara. Welcome <laughs> to the party. It's always a good time. When you get Black women together in the same room, it's just something that I feel in my body. I just, yeah, it's joy. That's what I feel, joy. So um, I think we're just going to jump right into some questions for you. Um, I think I, I really want to start kind of, you know, getting to know you, kind of understanding what motivates you. So like, why is mental health, self-care and wellness so important to you? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's about really self-preservation, Um, I think that that's why it's important for me and also the work that I do and really um, trying to um, provide resources to Black women to prioritize their well-being. Um, It's also a form of resistance to oppressive systems. And so while um, we're living our everyday lives, while I'm living my everyday life, I try to pause and really think about how I'm caring for myself, nurturing myself, because oppressive systems are out there that are weathering my mental health, our mental health, our emotional health, and our physical health. And so for me, it's about self-preservation, and, and I think that that's true for our community. I love mm. that, um, because self-care is not selfish and I think that that's what's kind of that negative connotation has been put out there that like it's something selfish but I realize that as a black woman we often put the needs of others ahead of our own right and so when do we really kind of pause and think about like well what am I doing for me and if I don't take care of me how do I take care of the other people in my life or just the other things in my life absolutely I mean it's like the metaphor or not even the metaphor with what they tell you when you're flying on a plane like Get the oxygen mask on you first. That's right. I, yes. I, I talk to Black women about that all the time. Like, it is literally, you know, this country has been literally built on the on our backs, right? Mm-hmm. On the backs of our ancestors. And so in our DNA, there's memory. There's memory of give, 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 give. Um, this extraction that happens in our society from Black women, it, it continues to take from us. And so we really have to kind of switch our, our um, the way we've been wired to believe mm. that, oh, if I take care of myself, I'm being selfish. They want a society, culture, right. 
Um, Non-people of color want us to feel selfish because they want to keep extracting from us. So it's really, really important for us to begin to prioritize ourselves and rewire what comes up when I think about caring for myself. If it is selfish, that's a lie. It's not Mm. true, right? And so we have to um, kind of uh, unlearn and relearn what it means to, to really prioritize ourselves and take care of ourselves. You know, we talk about conditioning a lot. And so I think that that's why um, what you said just resonated with me because we talk to women about undoing that conditioning because that's the only way to get free and also supporting one another in doing that because, um, you know, when Anisha says she's tired or whatever, I'm telling her, well, go rest. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear that from you. Like, I want you to rest or she'll tell me the same thing. Like, we have to remind each other because sometimes we're not good at it because the rest of the world is continually pushing out that messaging that we need to just keep producing and doing. So that was so powerful. I love it. It is resistance. It is preservation. We have to cultivate those practices in our lives, right? We have to begin to cultivate those and really define what self-care means for us as Black women because we can't always look to society to define what wellness is for us, what self-care is for us, because it's through um, a white lens, whiteness Mm -hmm. centered in those Mm -hmm. um, environments. And so we have to kind of redefine. And like you said, we haven't been taught, right? We didn't really grow up necessarily um, with that language about self-care and prioritizing yourself. And so we have to define that for ourselves. And what does that look like for us as black women to really care for ourselves. It's not going to look like our white counterparts because they're not facing systems of oppression, systemic racism like we are. And so it's really, I'm really, I'm loving having conversations like this in containers like this, where Mm. we can begin to redefine what does self-care look like for us um, that's different than what it looks like out there right? And what society is mirroring back to us, what self-care is, because that doesn't always work for us. And I would even mention also bringing along those behind us on this journey, right? Because Mm. the amount of times I get looks and comments about you're going on vacation again, and what is (laughs) this? And you're going to sleep in. And it's like, hey, parent, grandparent, auntie, you don't have to, like, we're not slaves no more. Y'all didn't know. Like, we free. <laughs> you you don't have to do that. And it's very hard, I think, to also, like, you know, deal with your parents that maybe there's, like, a slight jealousy or there's some feeling of, like, you know, how dare you feel entitled, but also letting them know, like, you deserve this too. It's not this new age thing. It's not this young person thing. You too deserve a nap or a pedicure or a vacation. Absolutely. It's liberation, mm. right? Exactly. It's, it's getting to, it's giving ourselves permission to experience liberation, and sometimes you're right. We have to reach back in and teach our parents and grandparents what does that really look like? Because for them, it was it wasn't safe. It wasn't safe for them to necessarily practice liberation, right? And so we have to kind of like go back a generation and teach, and go forward a generation and teach, right? That that is legacy. It's teaching our kids and also teaching. Um, the generation that came before us, what does liberation actually look like? Yeah. Mm. Gen so Z I, got it down though. Yeah. <laughs> they don't <Yeah>. need us. <laughs> They're quiet quitting. They, they, they out here living it up. Just they want a girl. Vacation. They go to vacation with like $500 making it all work. What are you right. doing? No, they take a sabbatical. They like, no. <laughs> it's a whole ass sabbatical. <laughs> exactly. The vibes were off. I didn't want to do it today. I'm going to go go someplace else. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting because they're learning at a younger age. Mm-hmm. So for you, when did you realize, like, I need to start prioritizing myself in this different way? Is this something that is very recent or, you know, maybe happened for you 10, 15 years ago? Yeah, I mean, it's been something that I've tried to practice since my children were younger. Um, okay. So my youngest is now 25 years old. And so I've always tried to like get up earlier than them, spend mm-hmm. some quiet time by myself, um, 
with, you know, a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. I had a room in our house where we raised our kids. I called the prayer room. And so I was like, this is my space. Like I had it decorated, my little desk and my little table in there. And I would just go in there and just spend quiet time every day. And I think it was, for me, it was a longing to really kind of get grounded and get centered and really um, learn myself, right? I ha- I've been a mom since I was 19 years old. I had my first child really young. And so I'm mm-hmm. um, trying to kind of carve out like who is Katara. Um, yeah. I really started having, having that desire to know myself deeper and better in my early 30s. And so I started kind of like mm. practicing this like time, like, I'm not just a mom or I'm not just Ryan's wife. Or I'm not just, uh, you know, the leader of this organization. Like I'm also like, who is Katara without yeah. all those labels and titles and someone calling me mom all the time? Like, who am I? And so I think that that, that desire to know myself better really drew me in. It wasn't a lot of time that I spent every day, but it definitely was like, okay, get up early and get your quiet time before everybody else gets up, before your day gets going. And so looking back, I'm realizing that that was a practice that I developed a self-care practice, a mindfulness practice that I was doing all, all of those years ago that has now evolved into other forms of of self-care and and cultivating self-care practices, meditating, breathwork techniques, um, Mm. walking every day, Mm. um, getting outside, putting my feet in the grass, um, being in community specifically with Black women and femmes is a form of self-care for me. Um, Anytime I'm in community with, I think one of y'all mentioned it, like anytime I'm around Black women, it's so nurturing and it feeds me. I was raised in a house full of Black women. My mom and grandmother and sister raised me. And so that's nurturing too. And so I think it started back then with just like, I need 20 minutes in the morning before the kids get up. Mm -hmm. And it has spilled over into now at 51. It's a whole like, it's many things that I'm intentional mm-hmm. about to really take care of myself. Sidebar, Katara, you just told us your age. You over here looking like a snack. Like you take yes, care of yourself. <laughs> Y'all don't know. Go look at her photo and sign up for the app while you at it too. Like, right. Get you some know, you can you. tell when someone really takes care of themselves. Yes, mm-hmm. And they really are invested in self-care. Like there's a glow or just mm-hmm. like a an energy about people. And I love that. Like, I, you know, people can't see us, but like, I can tell that that's really important. Like, you know, sometimes people say things, but they don't do it. But I can tell that, like, mm-hmm. that's something that you do. And it mm-hmm. just kind of, like, shines through. So, mm-hmm. girl, y'all better get out here and do it. <laughs> keep um, it good. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'll definitely say you make it sound so easy, right? But I imagine there was a time when it was a little bit more difficult for you. So is there a time that you can share with us and our listeners of a time that it was a challenge for you? And, you know, how did you navigate that? And what is the ultimate outcome? Probably the app, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I th- when I think about, you know, l- just life in general, there's, you know, shit hits the fan. That's you know, right. All the time. Um, Girl, this whole week. <laughs> yeah. Things that you didn't calculate into your day or your week or your month or your year. There's been loss, um, grief. Um, mm-hmm. I remember when we just seven years ago moved from the city where we had our nonprofit, did work in this small community where we raised our kids here in Indiana for 20 years, moved. My kids were moving on, leaving mm-hmm. the house. So we were empty nesting. My husband was writing a book and on a book tour, doing all these fabulous things. And I was just at home. Okay. And I remember I really hit a wall of and was super depressed and just like, what is my life? Like, what, what now? Everything that I had known was different. And... I didn't know what was next for me. It was kind of like I was having a midlife, what they call midlife crisis, Mm -hmm. existential crisis. Like, what is my life now? What is my life not mothering small children? What is my life not running this nonprofit? What is, what is it? And so I spent a lot of time on my bathroom floor crying. 
And my husband will walk in and be like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm not okay. And just really hit a really dark time in my life and questioning everything, questioning uh, everything that I had done leading up and mm -hmm. what I was going to do in the future. And it was just a really dark time. And I ended up getting a therapist. Sometimes you got to call in the tropes. You Come on. Okay. <laughs> you know, we need help sometimes. And I think that really understanding that, that I can't always um, fix it or come mm -hmm. about it or snap out of it. Right. And so got a therapist, I got a coach um, and really started diving in uh, to some pain and some hurt and just really opening up to my therapist around like, what's next for Katara? All I knew was being a mom. All I knew was living in the small town, running a nonprofit. And so I had to really redefine myself. And I think as women, um, you know, again, culture and society um, tells us, tells us that the older we get, the less time we have, mm -hmm. uh, we can't, we can't, you know, continue uh, climbing the corporate ladder or continue, um, you know, leading an organization or whatever, because we're getting too old, while men are becoming more mature, and they're more wise, and there's more opportunity, right? And so I had to really like, go through an internal, mm -hmm. uh, do some internal work to realize like, just because I'm approaching, was approaching 50 didn't mean it was over, right? Yeah. Just yes. because I had raised my kids and I was empty nesting doesn't mean it's over for me. I just had to go through the process of redefining myself in this stage of my life and really ask myself, what are you passionate about? What do you want to do now? And we have to do that. And so it was really hard. It was like I was climbing out of a really dark hole, mm -hmm. but I was able to climb out and was able to get some clarity. And it was a really dark, hard, difficult, difficult time. I think it's because we don't have tools, right? Like mm -hmm. when I think about like how Black Woman Behold got started, it, it was because of a breakup, which led to, it was a chain of events. And then mm -hmm. I think about like, when you think about times in your life, the pandemic felt like that for me, right? Like there have been moments where we've had to do that. And, you know, that, that resonated with me. And I just thought about my things. I don't know if anybody else feels like sharing theirs. Um, I think it's so important when you look at the, you talked about all the roles and the identities like that you play, right? And how, when you start to think about that and they start to change, what is that like for you? you know, and people who go into second careers or just do something very different with their lives. You know, that, so say before I became a therapist, I'm a therapist now, but before I was in sales, like that was kind of my identity. So what was it like? It was so scary for me to think about changing that and becoming something else, right? And and again, age, right? People tell us at a certain age, like, well, like this is this is it kind of like, you know, you just ride this out, you just continue. But I love the fact that, as Black women, as women in general, we are so open to starting over and what that could be like for you. That's really like the self-preservation that you talk about sometimes is I'm willing to start over. I'm willing to actually relearn myself, to figure out what else I'm good at, to struggle a little bit through it. You know, my beginning stages of being a therapist was rough. It, it questioned everything about me. Like I was used to being good at something. And when you start all over, you're not going to always be good at it in the beginning. And I really struggled, like I'm this, I was like 32 or something like that, 33. And I'm like, I, I feel like I'm I'm 18, graduated from, you know, high school again. And that was a really difficult time. But again, I was in therapy. I listened, I, that therapist got me through graduate school, you know, and all of those different kind of milestones that I wanted to hit. So I love that um, you realize that therapy could be very helpful with the clarity that you needed. Mm -hmm. And about the age thing, I also want to say that there is something to being a certain age and not feeling like you're there yet, right? Like, so that's more yeah. my thing. I was definitely always a late bloomer, super smart, but never like, what am I supposed to do? I was just doing what my parents had told me to do. I'm a firstborn child. That's what you do. Your parents say, do this, you do it. But when it came to like, okay, but this is what I want to do. And then being like, oh, I'm starting my own business. I'm 35. I have friends that have families and like homes. And like, what do I have to show for my life? Like... I'm a failure. You know, it's, you know, the age thing <laughs> gets weird. Um, But to your point, there is something to 
choosing, okay, so I'm 35. This is what it is. And this is just what my path looks like. And that's okay. Um, and, you know, just because it happened a little later doesn't mean that it's any less impactful or important. It's just that this is my thing. I think often we get caught up in that comparison, right? And that I should be doing this or this is what society says. So it should be this. And we're like, none of that really matters. They're all made up rules by like strangers that don't matter. I'm going to start calling them evil forces because the way they have us feeling out here, I yes. am not we need to start normalizing <laughs> starting over when you're 60. I don't care. Like there's right. people who have so much life in them and they get stifled by people around them in society. And we've been missing out on brilliance, especially the brilliance of black women. And we need to be making space for it with each other and for others. You know, Katara, I love that there's this kind of commitment that you have to prioritizing black women and, um, you know, our wellness and our overall well-being. And so I want to kind of really get into this study that you did that I think is just amazing. Um, and, you know, for Black Women Behold, we're looking through this and this is like, wow, this is so many like talking points for us, right? That you actually went out and you did the work to find out these things about Black women. So it's actually called the State of Self-Care for Black Women, which is a report. Um, Talk to us about why did you produce this report, right? And then we'll go into findings and things like that. But how did this all come about? Yeah, I mean, the work that um, we're doing at Exhale with the app, mm -hmm. it originally started as like this idea of market research. Like, let's okay. get out there and find out. Like we had um, launched the app in August of 2020 because of what I was looking for and couldn't find. And was pretty yes. appalled at the other mainstream apps that weren't stepping up for the Black community during that time. Was frustrated. Now, you know, they done played catch up. Mm, okay. Catch up. But back then, they, were, they weren't saying anything to mm -hmm. the Black community. So I was super frustrated. So we, um, you know, launching the app was from a need that I saw. Yeah. Okay. So, launched the app in 2020. And since then, we've been doing work around um, building a more custom app. And so what we wanted to do was go to our users, go to the Black women that we're wanting to serve or serving and ask, what's up? What's up with your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health, um, in the context of your intersectional identities, right? Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to ask um, Black women, what what's your experience like? Tell us. Um, we had a hunch, you know, kind <laughs> of know. We're leaving through life too. So we're like, and so we were able to um to survey and we wanted to really, you know, the survey aims to fill a gap in uh in research around black women's mental, emotional, and physical health. Again, mm -hmm. in the context of their intersectional identities. There's not a lot of data out there. Um, and we wanted to fill that gap. We also wanted to see, do, does black women, do black women really want a resource like Exhale? Mm -hmm. And so that's really why we, um, we launched the survey is to, to really, to ask the questions, like what's going on with your mental health? We think we have a hunch, but we want to know. And do you want resources that are catered more to your specific needs? And so some of the key findings really indicated that racial trauma Mm -hmm, of course, of course, racial trauma, stereotypes, discrimination um, are major contributors, key contributors, top contributors to black women's overall stress, just in their everyday lives and also in their professional life. The survey also told us that 77% of black women want a more specific resources catered to their specific needs, which informed us that an app like Exhale is needed in the market. They want, Black women want spaces and places that are specifically designed for them. And that's some of the things that we learned from the survey, but that's why we launched the survey. Um, we wanna listen, we wanna keep our ears because that's the demographic we're serving. We wanna keep asking questions. We wanna go back to Black women and continue to learn um, so that we can continue to provide adequate, um, culturally responsive resources for them. You know, I really appreciate this because again, like you said, there wasn't a lot out there, right? So when Black Women Behold started, 
you know, we knew that, again, we wanted to do something specifically for Black women. That's who we wanted to cater to. But again, going out and finding that research to speak to why it's so important. Again, we knew, right? And as um, a therapist who sees predominantly Black and Brown women, like I understood and I knew, but the research wasn't out there. So I am so grateful that you went ahead and did this research. So for you, was there anything that was like maybe shocking or surprising that you found? You know, I've had people that people have asked me this question and honestly, I no, imagine. no, I'm, I'm just like <laughs> every data point was just confirmation of a, what I experienced, what my mom, my grandmother, my sister, mm-hmm. my, my BFFs experienced, my girlfriends. It was just hearing, um, echoed back to me what I hear in everyday conversations with right. my girlfriends, right? With my mom, right? And so I wasn't surprised. It was, for me, it was confirmation mm-hmm. that I needed to hear and see the data that is continuing to fuel the work, right? Yeah. So the work of of the app and, and how we're um, prioritizing Black women and being unapologetic about that, like seeing the data was just like fuel for me to like keep going, keep doing what you're doing. Black women want this. They need this. They deserve this. They're saying they want it. The DEI programs in their workplace isn't enough, right? They want right. more than that. And mm-hmm. so for me, I wasn't surprised. What did surprise me was how the data became fuel to continue the work. It was what I needed to see and what mm-hmm. I needed to read and what I needed to hear to keep it moving over here, right? To even push on the gas pedal even for, even faster, even harder, right? I think it's helpful because, you know, people try to gaslight us like, that's not true or that's not happening. And you're like, I know what it is because it's happening to me. And I think that's what it is. Like everybody relies on facts and data or I need to see it in order to believe it. Well, here it is. Now what? Now what you gonna do? Oh, nothing like you did before. So now I'm going to take it and do what I need to do with it. And I think that that's what, for me, like I I can't even tell you how much information we're constantly looking for. Like who's doing this work, especially since the pandemic, because that's changed the whole landscape of mental health, especially for black folks and particularly black women who have, you know, became the parents, the teachers, the cooks and everything all at once going back to those labels. And we have definitely been impacted by it. And then you also make sure you talk about, you know, the, the racism, the microaggressions, because that also contributes to it as well. Sometimes even more so because we've got to go out into the world and get that. And sometimes your home is your sanctuary. You could deal with like some some nonsense, but, you know, not somebody, you know, cutting your check, <laughs> you know, impacting your quality of life, you know? No, it's definitely a thing. Um, I guess, well, one, I want to definitely say thank you again for the work that you're doing. And I appreciate that you are doing the work to make sure that your app is culturally responsible and responsive, right? So you're actually making sure that you're taking the feedback and implementing it into the app. Um, So what changes have you made to your app? I mean, I know ultimately you got to tell us what Exhale is all about, but how, what changes have you implemented since having this research come out? You know, we were building the app as we were, um, as the results were kind of coming in. So we had surveyed our users prior to the next, the build that we just did with the app. So we had been putting our ear to our users uh, for several years. And so that was always informing what was next, what we were adding, what we were gonna continue to put in the app, what were we taking, are we gonna take anything away? And so the survey again was kind of happening at really after we built the app's main functionality is when we did the survey. What the survey did was really inform that what we're building is what they want, what we're building is what they need. With the survey, we want to do a yearly national survey where we continue to go back to um, Black women to say, how, and one of the main questions is like, how, again, we talked about this earlier in the show is like, how are we redefining self-care for us? How are we 
redefining what having uh, mental health and emotional well-being for us like what does that look like and I'm really curious around that conversation and those questions and mm -hmm. how do we decolonize um, ourselves around it, within the wellness industry like the wellness industry is saying do this do this and do this a lot of the practices they have robbed and stolen and taken from black and brown people anyway yeah. and whitewashed it and made it real like real white and yeah. so um so yeah i mean the, the survey is is continuing to inform us um and we'll continue to ask um our users we'll continue to ask black women as we move forward and continue to build resources what do you want what do you need instead of you know i have it's all black women over here building but mm -hmm. wow there's a whole, there's a whole ass di diaspora of course we want to make sure that we're going back to and asking to continue to inform um how we're providing those resources I do have one follow-up. So when you say self-care, right, are we looking at a world also where maybe like you're encouraging people to look outside of the fun and exciting parts of self-care and being like, girl, go clean your room. <laughs> that is also self-care. So you can or sleep like, tonight. Cause you're or some boundary setting, right? right? Like, like, are you are setting boundaries to these people mm -hmm. in your life? You know, yeah. are you saying no? Yeah. Self-care is not, it's not the like, I'm going to go get a pedicure and a manicure. That no. can be. That right. can be a form of self-care. But that's not but it. I want to get to the nitty-gritty. I want to heal. I want to like yeah. I want to rebuild. I want to re I want to get whiteness out of the center. And then what does it take to replace? We have to replace that inside mm -hmm. of us with what? We get to become architects, right? Oh of my the God. new the new world. It's a new sun. We're building new worlds. We're building new suns, as Octavia Butler says, right? Like I knew you was gonna say that. I knew you was gonna say it. That's my That's girl. Kim's favorite. <laughs> love. We love Octavia. I said you are you giving me sci-fi. You giving it to me right now. Me I get it. Uh -oh. Look at big book club, book club, form of <laughs> I love to work world build. That's how we break free. That's our liberation. I think um I love that because the way that things are going now, it's not for us. And the only way that we're going to get what we need is if we create it, because they have been proving that they are not capable of providing it. And so we keep trying to get into those systems without understanding that we're just part of it once we be once we put ourselves in that place. And so Let's build. I also love that all Black women are building this thing because hashtag Black tech, we do not see enough Black women in, in tech, in the tech space. I think it's so important that um, we give ourselves the things that we need, right? And we don't have to ask someone else to give it to us. And I love that the work is about centering Black women. And it's not often that we are centered, which is why Black Women Be Whole came about because we wanted, you know, spaces where we were free of the white gaze free of the male gaze where we could just be and where we were the focus. And so um, I think we should probably get into telling people what the app does, right? We've kind of talked about the app and things like that, but what does Excel do? Yeah. Well, and I, lo I love what you just said about the white gaze, right? Like um, I believe, and the reason why Excel exists is because I believe when black women are fully seen, they mm -hmm. fully heal, right? Yes. And when we're not in spaces where we're fully seen, there's no way for us to fully heal. And so we built Exhale to really be a place um, unapologetically for us, by us, that we can show up to um, where we can see ourselves reflected back to us. So when you open up the app, you're going to see even photos of Black women. Oh, um, yes, I've been in the app now. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm so glad you love it. It's a, it's an emotional well-being app. So our emotional well-being is really important. It impacts, you know, our, our mental health impacts our emotional well-being. Our emotional well-being impacts our mental health. All of it impacts our physical health. We are um, whole people 
And for me, thinking about how can we prioritize and take care of our our emotional well-being. So there's meditations in the app. We call them guided journeys. Um, There are breathwork, guided breathwork techniques in the app. There are calming sounds in the app. One of my favorite sounds is is called calm jazz. You can listen to some jazz while you relax and breathe. And so um, we have a thought of the day. So you can set your Mm -hmm. notifications to get a thought for the day where we speak directly to Black women. How are you prioritizing yourself? We remind Black women to take a deep breath. Um, We're going to get through the day. Um, And so, yeah, there's also, we're really excited about the new version. It has a uh, animated breathing orb. So when you download the app, it's an animated orb that will breathe with you. So it'll expand on the inhale. Wow. It'll um, kind of like get smaller on the exhale. And so you can stay with that breathing orb as long as you want. And just breathe with that. So if you're in a a meeting where somebody said something like a microaggression that was mm-hmm. off, you got you can feel your nervous system getting activated, right? You've, you've all felt the heart racing, the face get hot, ready to cry, ready to cry. <laughs> you can uh, you can open the app and just take a few deep breaths with the breathing orb. So um, there's all kinds of things. Um, lots of content in there. The, the app actually asks you what you need for the day. So sometimes when I would go to some of the other mindfulness apps, there would be so much content that it was so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know where to go. I'm like, I don't know what to start. We put a lot of intention and love into the app and the feedback that we're getting is that people are loving it. They're loving, um, seeing themselves reflected back to them hearing themselves reflected back to them. One of our users told us, uh, we just got a, a message today that that the new version, um, they're spending more time going to the app with the new version, which is really exciting. I think I love that the version gave the option of time. Because I think that we all will tell you, right, I don't have enough time, always, right? Time is always an issue. So that at least I can go on here and know, like, if I only have five, then you can give me something for, for that amount of time. I can feel good and I can move on. And then the days when I have more time that I can do something longer. I think people just want to know that they have options, which which the app gives you is options. So I, I really appreciated that when I went to the app. Um, yeah, something, you know, something I, I thought about and someone has said to me that like, mm-hmm. in the same way that we experience microaggressions, we should um, take time to have like micro care. Right. Oh, like micro I like this. Okay. Or micro rest. And so, you know, a micro aggression, we all know we've experienced a little side dig, a little cut. Mm-hmm. And in the same way that we experience that type of um, aggression every day, we should take micro care of ourselves. So five minutes is a micro way that I can care for myself. I may not be able to get in to my therapist for an hour. Right. I right. mean, I may not see them for another two weeks, but what I can do is open Exhale app and do some micro care. I can meditate. I can do breath work techniques. I can listen to some calming sounds. I can read a thought of the day that's encouraging. I can read an affirmation. And so thinking about it in micro ways, because sometimes it is overwhelming to think about, oh, I have to meditate for an hour. Oh, yeah. I have to, you know, we can take care of ourselves in micro ways. I love that. And it's- I was just thinking, like, how do you self-soothe, right? Like, it just helps you self-soothe because a lot of us struggle with that. So, yeah, go ahead. And I think it's important that you do have the Black aspect of it, right? Because so many times, like, I can't get with meditation. I'm like, ooh. The voice, everything. And I'm like, girl, you're not talking to me. (laughs) I don't know what you are asking me to do. Um, And I like that you also, like, kind of explain the why. Like, people get, like, more of an understanding of the importance and the reason why they're engaging with it. Because I'm one of those people, like, you want me to just sit here and listen to this person breathe with me. How is this helping my life? Whereas, like, there's, like, a little bit more, like, nuance to it. So it's like, okay, girl, (laughs) this this is the why. So I think that that is wonderful. And I think you're providing people more of an opportunity to be invested and interested because of that, you know, seeing themselves, but also like feeling comfortable, like, okay, there is a space for us. It's not just, you know, that aggressive yoga breathing. So (laughs) 
and y'all know you what I'm do talking the narration. About. <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And you do the narration of it as well. So that's cool. But I think mm-hmm. like the simplicity of it is what really, um, for me, is so attractive because you get bombarded with information all day long and having to make choices and to just have like, I just want to interact with something. Give me something so I can go off and do it. I can do it on the way to the train or I can do it on the way to work. Like there's so many moments and opportunities in a day for me to do it because I don't have to think through what do I want to do or search because I spend half the time searching for something than actually using it. And then by the time I'm done, I'm more exhausted because of all the the overload of information I received. So I definitely appreciate that as someone who can get very overwhelmed with a lot of options. So I know you've said that Excel is not just an app, but it's a movement. So how can our listeners be a part of the movement? How can we be a part of the movement? What we want to do at Excel is really prioritize Black women's overall well-being. So we're putting the megaphone to our mouth, saying to Black women, prioritize yourself, prioritize yourself, be unapologetic about it, prioritize yourself. So downloading the app is is a way that you can be a part of the movement and cultivating these practices, right? Like getting on the app, making sure you're meditating every day. Like we experience so much stress and that stress is compounded because of systemic racism. And when we are stressed, as you know, I'm sure, um, you release stress hormones and you keep releasing those that makes you sick, right? It, re- it makes us physically sick. And so we, can, we can't dismantle these systems, right? Probably won't be dismantled in our lifetime. But what we can do is resist these systems by really prioritizing ourselves. And so um, that's how we can do that. We can be a part of the movement by saying, I'm going to meditate every day. I'm going to really take care of myself, Uh, take care of myself. I'm going to rest my eyes. I'm going to unapologetically put my, put the mask on myself first and take care of me. And that's hard to do. That's easier said than done. And I know that that's why I want to continue to like, have conversations like the conversation we're having today where your listeners can hear us say take care of yourself and don't don't feel guilty about it like be a part of this movement where we're stepping to the forefront and saying no more we're not waiting in line in the back anymore we're not coming in last we're we're going to go ahead and center ourselves in wellness and so take care of yourself prioritize yourself And also through like education and our survey, we want to call in non-people of color to say, how are you prioritizing the black women that are part of your organizations, Mm. that are part of your institutions, your DEI programs are not enough. How are you taking care of black women and femmes that are part of your institutions, organizations, and companies? And so that is part of the movement. It's saying black women, let's center ourselves, let's prioritize ourselves and non-people of color, white folks, y'all need to do a better job because what you're doing is harming us. It's not healing us. And it's time for you to do more than optically show your DEI programs and all of the BS that really isn't giving opportunity for women, black women and femmes to heal. So that's the movement. Sign up, be a part of it. Download it. Period. Sign up and be a part of it. (laughs) No, you're right. Save yourself. Increasing the messaging, right? Like, So if we get out and we talk about the things that we're doing, right? Like if I go to my friends when we're at brunch or wherever, hey, I'm doing this thing, right? Like I'm meditating, I'm going to therapy. Then people know like, oh, I can do it too, right? And let people know like it's reduced my stress, right? Like it's improved my quality of life. Like you can do the same thing. So I really think it's about us spreading the word. And that's really about that movement, right? Like how do we continue to spread the word? This is how I am helping myself and you can do the same. We can't wait for other people to tell us how to improve our lives. Hello. I challenge the listeners, download the app and then send it to like two of your friends and y'all do it together in the morning or the afternoon, whatever time y'all need it. Like do it, do it with somebody and ask them if they, if they, they exhaled today, get it going because that's how we support one another with it as well. So I'm sending it to Chanel right now. (laughs) 
I, but I think that's really what this is. And I think that that's how movements start, right? Is that one person tells another, tells another, tells another. And how do we start knowing that it's okay to take care of ourselves, right? Like I would go out and I would do like speaking engagements and I would say, you know, self-care is not selfish. And women really struggled hearing that. Like, well, what about this person in my life? Because we're so known to be caretakers, right? We're the backbones of our society. Like we're the mothers, the aunties and all of that. But what about you? And so just knowing that, give yourself permission. And I think in my work and in, in, in therapy with my clients, it's about giving yourself permission to be, to do. Where is and the so, framing? I'm um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. Where go is ahead. the framing that you say to people? How can you take care of people if you're not here, girl? Right. When they push back with that question of like, what about this person? But what happens if you're not here to be there for that person? You have to take the steps to be together so that you can fill this role that you are so hell bent on being present in and doing for others. So maybe you know, that's the question. But I also think that's part of like, we think we're invincible because people have told us that. And so now we're living into it. No, no. Right. I am not invincible. And I gotta stop thinking that I am. I didn't do five loads of laundry. I didn't say I don't know how many clients I've seen. Now I'm taping a podcast. Then I got dinner. Listen, somebody tell me the rest. I need to tell I was myself. Mad at her. There like, it is. <laughs> what you got me doing? I'm tired. But I think that how do I learn to say it to myself? Right. And you know, because I can't wait for someone else to tell me, and I can't wait for my body to shut down and tell me. Right. Like, how do I know? How do I start to figure out when enough is enough and it's time to take the break? And I think maybe that's what we're telling our listeners to figure out when it's time for you to take a break, when you need to exhale. You shouldn't have to have your body tell you and you shouldn't need someone else to tell you either. Yeah, I think it's about being proactive, right? Yeah. Because your body will sit your ass down eventually. Absolutely. Right. You gonna sit down. Right. We're tired now. <laughs> it's <Right>. over. <laughs> yeah, it will. It will. But for me, it's like, okay, how can I be proactive before I get to the point where my body is just collapsing, right? Mm. Or I'm sick, whatever. And so again, these micro care, you know, developing micro care, right? Ways to care for yourself in micro ways, I think it's important. And, and so that we don't get to the place of depletion. And I love when you, when you were talking about giving yourself permission, that is the key, Right, giving myself permission and fighting what culture and society has conditioned me to believe, which is I gotta grind and hustle and you know, so I'm sick, right? It's no, it doesn't have to be that way. We can we can produce, we can create, we can um, build things. It can be beautiful, but it doesn't have to be at the expense of our own well being. Right. We don't yeah. have to put ourselves on the altar hmm. to be successful. No, let's not do that anymore. Let's take care of ourselves. Let's prioritize ourselves and be a part of Excel the movement. Yes. Like and and so honestly, be honest though. Like when you're tired, just be honest. What did I say when we started? I'm exhausted. Like yeah. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> now the truth is coming out. Be honest. Be honest with yourself. Take inventory with yourself. And like, uh, for lack of a better word, you didn't say it this way, but sit your ass down. If you tire, sit down. Yeah. Like, it's really okay. <laughs> I think we're so used to put, to having the mask on, right? And so how do we learn how to take the mask off? And it's okay to take the mask off. We don't always have to be on. And I think some of us feel like we have to be on all the time. So, you know, how, how do you decide? Like, you know what? I'm not going to be on and it's actually okay that I'm not on. So I think we're going to start winding down, Katara, because we can't have you here all day, but we appreciate you. Okay. Um, yes. So I guess, do you, because we normally give like some tips and tools and resources to our listeners. So do you have any tips or resources that you would like to share with our listeners? I mean, tips, we've been talking about it pretty much this whole session. Yes. Is start start getting a toolkit together like get your therapist in there get you a, right. if you can get a coach um how are you moving your body every day put exhale in that toolkit like get you a care kit like what's in your people your crew the people that have your back like who's who's in that toolkit um what's in that toolkit think about it in that way so that you can be proactive about um, about taking care of yourself. Like, and again, be unapologetic about it. Like, 
um, and resist the guilt um, that comes with taking care of yourself. You deserve, you deserve to nurture and care for yourself. And sometimes even when I say I deserve, it kind of rubs me the wrong way because we're not taught to believe that we deserve really anything. We deserve joy. We deserve liberation. We deserve freedom. Our ancestors deserved it. Our descendants deserve it. We deserve it. Go get it. Guitars in here preaching. Send me the cash app. Send me the cash app. I got to send you some money. <laughs> Y'all better stop playing. I, well, I also it. wanted to let our listeners know you also have a podcast. I do. I have a podcast. Yes. We just launched it, Ready to Exhale. Um, so our first episode is out now. Woo! You can yes. find it on favorite streaming platform. It's all about centering Black women, their voices, their stories. There's something about us hearing each other's stories and journeys Mm. that empowers us. It empowers each other. And so, yes, our podcast, you can also have access to the podcast through our app. There's a link on there. I love that. To your favorite streaming platform. So yes, listen to the podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Excel app on Instagram. You can also sign up for our newsletter that we send out monthly. Um, that's on, uh, you can find that through our Instagram page on our, our website. Yeah, follow us. Yeah, download the app, do all the things. Yes. Uh, you know what? I thank you for being another resource. Yeah. Right? Because we know that there is not that many, which is how Black Women Behold came about because we realized that it was needed. Um, we were our first clients, right? Because we knew we needed it. So we knew that other women needed it. And so thank you for being another resource for Black women. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You all are just so fun. It was so fun having this conversation with you. I love what you're doing. Um, I'll be spreading the word about you and what you all are doing. Thank you. Um, thank you for creating this container for us to have these conversations that are imperative um, to have. So thank you. Thanks for being a part of it. Yes. Thank you as always for listening to the Black Woman Behold podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you'll check out Katara and the work she's doing. Download the Exhale app. And of course, as always, make sure you keep up with what we're doing. Follow us on social media at Black Women Be Whole. That's on Instagram. That's on Facebook. Maybe one day we'll get a little ticky talk. Who knows? Go to our website, sign up for the newsletter. Um, and yeah, check out all of our other podcast episodes if you're new here. And we hope that you'll join us next time. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye. Yeah, bye. <laughs>